0: From the News & Observer in Raleigh, North Carolina, I'm Jonathan Alexander. And I'm Jonas Pope IV. And you're listening to Sports Now. And welcome back. Uh, We hadn't done an episode in a couple weeks, so we wanted to bring it to you all. And we have a couple stories that we're going to talk about. Um, First, North Carolina Central Women's Basketball team. And Jonas, I'll let you put the correct number because I don't know the correct number. But their women's basketball coach Trisha Stafford Odom did not renew the scholarships of how many basketball players?
1: It was ten players, ten basketball players. Um, she had a fourteen-player roster. Wow. And, you know, first of all, let me throw this out here disclaimer that that a lot of people didn't know The scholarships aren't four years. Scholarships are year to year, and players. Um, well, coaches have the right to renew or not renew a player's scholarship at the conclusion of each year, so that's that's not illegal. She knew anything illegal there. But what makes it so unusual is when you have a 14-player roster and you cut essentially 10 girls, mm-hmm. none of which who had any – well, that we know of, any disciplinary issues, anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, obviously she came in, you know, as a new coach who was known as a good recruiter, you know, from her days at Carolina and her days at Duke, and she wanted to revamp the roster. But to clean house like this in one failed swoop, especially when some of those girls were like juniors who only had one more year to go anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, she brought in four players of her own. She even got rid of some of them. It, it, it raised some eyebrows and it, you know, got some people talking like, yeah, what is she doing? Like what kind of, kind of messages she sending send to like future recruits or like what's mm-hmm. going on over there? But yeah. again, what she did is not illegal, it's just unusual but to see that many people cut from one time from a basketball team.
0: Yeah, that was my next question. Like, how many of those players were her players that she recruited versus uh, Vanessa Taylor's, the previous head coach?
1: So she brought in, um, like I said, she brought in four, and from my understanding, three of the players were hers, were her own players. Hmm. Um, which, like you said, is weird. Yeah. Because like it's it's one thing to like uh, okay, I inherited you guys. Yeah. I want I want to put my own stamp on this roster. I want to, I want to bring in my own players. So 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 to get rid of another coach's players, that's one thing. But the players you brought in your own, like, obviously you, you did the due diligence and the research, you kind of – you, you recruited them. Yeah. So you knew what they can do or what you thought they could do, I guess. Yeah. So to get rid of your own players, that's that's really strange.
0: So I, th- I thought that was very weird. For those who don't know, this was her first year as the head coach at North Carolina Central after uh, Vanessa Taylor didn't have a new contract. Uh, she she had coached previously at UNC as assistant coach and Duke as assistant coach and where else?
1: Uh, Carcadia. In California,
0: Carcadia in California. Make sure I'm pronouncing that right. I know, yeah.
1: I know. But she, she coached there for for a full couple of years, turned the program around. Then she set out, uh, one year, and then came back to coaching. Yeah. So I mean, she has she's coached before. She's not new to the coaching game. Like I said, she's known as a as a great recruiter at, at those stops. But yeah, it was kind of weird for her to come in and take somebody else's players, and they actually look better as a better product yeah. too. Well, well, that's what that's yeah. what
0: I was about to say. It was strange because I thought they were doing better, and they were they seemed to be on the right path, they had got some good recruits for this new recruiting class. So, that was kind of strange uh, to me. So, that's that's what I was going to say.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, when you look at the the, the, the win-loss column, mm-hmm. you know, they only won – they literally won one more game than they won last year. Mm-hmm. But when you give them the eye test, which is what I gave them, because actually Concordia – okay, I'm sorry, I was saying it wrong. Concordia University in California. But um, when you give them the eye test, like I watched them play under Coach Taylor and I watched them play under Coach Stafford Odom, like – they were definitely playing better. Mm-hmm. Like, you could just see it. That effort was there. They they, they just looked like a different team. They, they won some games this year that they probably wouldn't have won under Taylor. They were in some games this year that they, they could have won. They just didn't get no, some breaks at the end. But when you give them, like I said, you give them the eye test once you, once you watched them play, and most of that roster was made up of young ladies who played under Taylor, like, you could see a difference. So that's, that's, is, that's another reason why this is such a head scratch. You would think if you can see a difference on the court – in year one. Like imagine how they would have looked next year with 13 of those 14 players coming back. Yeah. So it's almost like she gave up on them like too soon maybe.
0: Yeah. I mean, it it seemed kind of harsh. But so you spoke to some of the parents. Uh, What what were some of the things that some of the parents said to you? Because you were one of the first ones to report this. I know you were were the one who got on it first. Um, But what were some of the things that the parents said to you?
1: Um. Well, some of the parents, they all said the same thing. It started out, with, you know, the, the players had a meeting with the coach, and then shortly after getting that, having that meeting, they all received letters saying that, that their scholarships weren't renewed. Uh, most of the p- parents said they felt like this was premeditated. Like, they knew – they felt like from the beginning of the year that she knew that she wasn't going to bring these girls back based on, like, comments she said throughout the year. Like, you know, everybody's scholarship's on the line, or, you know, I'm bringing in new girls next year. And um, some of the parents said their girls felt, like, bullied and just like the environment at practice was around the entire program wasn't like it was in the, in the, the previous year. Um, some girls said uh, their, their self-esteem went down just because of the way coaches like got on them at practice. I mean, you can, maybe you can chalk it up just to them being tough coaches mm-hmm. or just maybe chalk it up to them, maybe something to it. But yeah, the parents just didn't appreciate the atmosphere that or they felt like a cloud was over the program yeah. once she took over. Um, some Most of the parents said they never were in any communication with a coach. Like she didn't she took over. She didn't reach out to have the new coach. Yeah. Um, this is the way things are going to go. This, this, that. That We'll have meetings here. We'll have breaks here. You can come to this for that. Um, so a lot of parents felt like they were out of the loop, that they never really heard from the coach. I think which, what was consistent from all the parents I talked to, they all said they received an email, um, like in December, from the coach saying, make sure your daughter's is academic. Uh, she's in good academic standing because, you know, we're, we're going to review all these scholarships at the end of the year. And every parent said that was the only communication they had with the coaching staff like all year. Like they said, they, oh, wow. they would even come to games and not really talk to coach like that. Like the coach, uh, one one player said, you know, one parent said, you know, when you get a new coach, you would think we would hear from them. But I said none of the parents heard from the coaches. So they kind of raised some flags, then they just kind of blew it off to whatever. But it, that was their main concern, just the whole environment around the program. And now with all these girls gone, they all can appeal, but they most of them said they didn't want to you know, go back and play for it even if they wanted the appeal, which, which says a lot.
0: Yeah, and this even made national news. It got up to ESPN's undefeated. But before I get to that, um, I know that you reached out to um, North Carolina Central's SID and, and their AD. What did they say?
1: Um, well, when I initially reached out, they said they, they couldn't speak on it because it was an issue of player uh, privacy, student-athlete privacy rights. But then they put out a statement saying, you know, that scholarships are year to year and, and, and the coaches is up to their discretion to renew them. Um, they put out a couple statements, generic stuff, but just pretty much saying that she didn't do anything wrong. She wasn't in the wrong. that um, just she has the right to not renew scholarships. It's at, it's at her discretion.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I, and based off some of these allegations, I, I felt, and i said this on Twitter, they should have said more. They should have addressed some of these allegations. What's interesting, though, that I, I, I didn't see anybody bring up, was that, you know, based off those allegations that they that the coaching staff verbally abused them, mentally abused them, um, and again, allegations. But what was interesting is, um, you know, Odom, uh, Stafford Odom was on the staff of Duke when Duke's uh, coach uh, was accused of, uh, you know, verbal abuse and, and mental abuse. Stafford Odom was on that staff as well. So, she's kind of being alleged for
1: the same thing. That's true. I hadn't thought about that, you know. Yeah. Joanne McCauley. I just call it Coach yeah. Joanne P. Yeah. I forgot her last name. I apologize. But that's, that is interesting, you know, if it's, if it's what you know, if it's what you've seen before. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're not, you know, we don't want to tie in those two. they are two separate cases there. But yeah. if she is the common denominator, it's, it's interesting. That's yeah. all I'll say. I would yeah, say it's, it's interesting. interesting.
0: Yeah. I'm not saying it happened. but um, But, you know, you do have that 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 case that you said you know is it is a tough love type coach and is it a case of kids just not being able to handle tough coaching but you know that's a, that's an argument in itself right
1: I mean that's that's, that's to me that's, that's what a lot of it sounds like I mean obviously I didn't play any college sports but growing up playing sports in high school and middle school I'm, when I heard some of those things I was like she just sounds like she was just tough I mean or mean I, I don't mind saying she sounds like she was just mean to the girls but yeah I mean, that's how some coaches are. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just matter of just being just being matter of fact about that's That's just how some coaches are. They just they're just mean. They just shouting and screaming. I know this is a new day. Yeah. And when you can't, you know, say certain things, you should well, you shouldn't say certain things. Maybe she's from that old school coaching. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's right now. If she really affected some of these girls, uh, some of their mental their mind state and how they went about their day to day activities because they felt a certain kind of way based on how she talked to them. That's that's sad, it's unfortunate. But Again, this basically boils down to she has. their – I mean, people don't like it. People don't like to hear this, but she didn't have to resign any of those girls. Yeah, like she's well within her rights to to not renew any of their scholarships. Yeah, I mean, it happens. It's, yeah. it's unfair, especially to those girls who are seniors or to those girls who have one more semester before they graduate and they put in so much during the dog days. You know, playing and you know. For the last two years, you know, or the previous two or three years under Coach Taylor, when they were like the, at the bottom of the Miac, yeah, you know, to, to see this thing kind of turn around and then to cut them, I feel, I feel bad for those young ladies. Yeah. I definitely do. Yeah,
0: you gotta. I mean, it's true, man. It's a business.
1: It's, it's and that's, there. You go. It's a, it's business. a business. And if you want to come in and win, maybe, again, this is, is going to sound bad, but maybe she came in and thought, hey, I can't win with this other coach's players. Yeah, I need to bring in my players. And somebody brought up a good point to me yesterday, and I won't say who it was, but. Somebody said that, you know, it's actually a good thing that she did this now in March as opposed to waiting until the end of the semester when school's over with yeah. because the girls that she released, they can, at least, they can at least start looking earlier to bounce back or, or, or land on their feet at another, at another school. You now, some parents might not like to hear that, but it's true. Uh, okay, yeah, because one girl already said she's going to transfer to Fayetteville State. Um, Alyssa Thompson, she's a freshman. Yeah. So she's already now she's going to transfer. So in that regard, her doing it now – she she gives them a chance to seek other options. But like I said, I do feel bad for the young ladies um, yeah. who were juniors and set to graduate in May or, you know, who are junior had one more year to go. So I feel bad for those young ladies who put in the hard work. Who the are last so close years. to getting their, their
0: degree. Right. As well.
1: Right. And you just, you just hope that they can stay, find a way to stay in school without the athletic scholarship. Yeah. Maybe they can get some academic scholarships. I just hope that, you know, they can find a way to finish their degree at North Carolina Central. if They truly love that school.
0: Yeah. It's tough. And, uh, so, like, like I was saying, it made national news. ESPN's undefeated reported on it, and uh, Ramona Shelburne, uh, you know, well-known ESPN reporter, really good at her job, tweeted right. it out. Said this is appalling, and against everything college athletics and education stands for. Coach Trisha Stafford Odom and NCCU, everyone involved, needs a priority check.
1: Well, let me ask you a question: mm-hmm. as a, as an NCCU alone, mm-hmm. not not as a reporter, yeah. So someone who's kind of close to the situation because you kind of know some stories and some things going on, but just as an alum, like, what are your thoughts on it?
0: I mean, my thoughts are, uh, there needs to be, I mean, it's a shame, you know, that just like you said, so many young ladies got their scholarship removed and I totally understand it's a business. I totally understand that. And it's a shame, but it's a business. That's how, that's how it works. Um, you know, I wish that didn't happen to those young ladies. I wish they, got another chance but I understand that that's how that's how it goes um, but I think I do I'm a, I'm a proponent of holding these institutions accountable and calling them out when they do a wrong thing and uh, you know I, I did that on here because um, I felt like these ladies were done wrong even though that's the rule right. they need to change that rule I mean that I, I, I don't agree with that rule I mean I mean if somebody is not now see we don't know the the depth of of why these young women were cut maybe they did something i mean i it's kind of hard to believe that all 10 of them did something right, wrong right. but maybe they did do something wrong and and they didn't get their scholarship renewed for that so we don't know all the details exactly because we haven't heard from north carolina central we've heard from the parents that's true and we i haven't, and i and i think that's why north carolina central needs to speak about this issue they need to tell us what went wrong because if they just cut them just because they weren't performing well that's kind of harsh a little bit to
1: me um, it's very harsh, but yeah. it's, it's well within the lines. And I, and I think I asked every parent I talked to, so just to be clear. I said, "Your daughter never got any disciplinary problems, did she?" And they all said no. Mm-hmm. Of course, I, I don't know if they would have told me if they had. Yeah. But they all said no. Um, it sounds. It sounds like it was a business decision. Yeah. Only. I
0: I I I really believe that North Carolina Central's athletic director, Ingrid Wicker McCree or Stavert Odom, needs to needs to explain this just needs to talk i don't i don't think they need to decline a comment they can speak about this um in in the public records uh statute if it threatens to harm the integrity of the program you can speak about certain yeah, situations right. like this so you know i think it would be good for them uh to speak about this um but you know they're going to make the decision they want to make
1: i tell you what too i was I'll, the same person i spoke with yesterday said with what what has happened and her cutting all these girls, and obviously she's gonna she's got to make a roster up next year. She's gonna bring her own girls next year. Like they better produce, yeah. <laughs> like they better win. Yeah. Like when you have this kind of uh, cloud over your program now, yeah. And you you did this, okay? People, you know, as the summer goes on, yeah, it it'll kind of die down. People might forget about it, but when that ball's thrown up next next fall in October November, yeah, it's gonna pop right back in people's minds. Like you better win some ball games, yeah. Uh, next season with these new girls you brought in, yeah.
0: Well, I, I wonder if it's gonna hurt recruiting, but. You know, the other thing you got to think of is um, Coach Stafford Odom's job is almost solely to win basketball games. Right.
1: This and isn't a high school. She's not, she's not teaching English on the side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she's there to win games. Yeah,
0: so, I mean, she did what she did to try to, you know, continue to maintain her job. Yeah. Uh, and but you yeah.
1: got to remember, too, if she coached at Duke in Carolina and had her own job in California, and she's from California and has those ties, like, there are players from big programs who are probably looking for a second chance from a PAC 12 or from an ACC or a big 12 or any, anywhere power five conference who she probably has connections or ties to who, who will be looking for another chance or a grad transfer or who went to a JUCO yeah. and then looking to play somewhere and she can just throw them in and they can just, you know, produce right away. Maybe, maybe, I'm sure she has an end game. I'm, I'm sure she didn't do this. Cut everybody without, with no plan. Yeah.
0: Yeah. She definitely has, she definitely would have to have a plan to do something like this. Right. Something so drastic. But, you know, we'll see what, what happens.
1: So, this is going to be a Central-based uh, podcast, I guess. So we're going to stay right in, uh, in Durham. So, Lavelle Moton, you know, this time of year, his name always pops up. Every year. Every year. And, and you know what? I said this after they won the Miac, I said, of all the years for his name to be thrown out there, this should be the year, really, really, because this was a heck of a coaching job to take a team that was sixth place in the league. Yeah. A whole new roster. Eight and they, new guys, right? Right. All those new guys. entirely a completely new starting five. And he still won the Mehack tournament. Yeah. So I was like, this is this is probably his best coaching job. I, I believe he he wouldn't come out and say that. I believe I asked him that. But this is probably his best coaching job. So of course, last week, um, his name was thrown up as a, as a top two finalists for the East Carolina job, along with a uh, Dooley. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Uh, Seth Ringberg's Green, name even popped up. Bobby Lutz used to be at NC State. Yeah. But Moten was like one of the top two guys to uh, to replace uh, Le- Lebo down there in uh, in yeah. Greenville. And you know he did interview, and he was a serious consideration. But then at the last minute, he kind of he took his name out of the hat, yeah. said he's returning to a uh, to North Carolina Central, which I think was a big sigh of relief from Durham from their fans. Yeah, but
0: and I think it was a smart move for him. They don't even have an AD, and that fan base is not happy with that.
1: Oh, it's a very smart move. Yeah. ECU is a football school. We all know that. Yeah, and t- that's a tough. I mean, it's not a Power Five conference, but that's some, there's some tough teams in that conference. Mm-hmm. And for you have a school that's. Purely a football school, not happy with their situation with their AD. Well, they don't have an AD. Yeah. They weren't happy with AD who, who, who was previously there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a tough situation to walk into. And I think most people d- did agree that it would have been crazy for him to leave Central to go to ECU. I mean, he probably, he probably got a raise, definitely. But yeah, from a pure basketball standpoint, it would yeah. have been a crazy move for him to leave Central yeah. to go down to Greenville, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And so what what did Nor- um, what did Lavelle Moton say, his reasoning for taking his name? Uh, out of consideration,
1: he just said that right now for him and his family, it would be best to, for him just to remain at Central. Uh, he, he kept it very short. He called me uh, one day last week, you know, when all this was, was happening. And he he didn't have a whole lot to say, just like I'm taking my name out of the hat. He said, I, I think just right now at this time, it would be best for me to remain at North Carolina Central for me and my family. He said, you know, ECU is a great university. It's a school he watched, you know, obviously growing up in the state, he followed their program, but he just said this time it would be best for him to uh, to remain at Durham. And I think, you know, For him to even get that far in the interview process to be a top two guy says a lot. You know, ECU definitely had him. They they, they thought highly of him. But Mm -hmm. I think it was the best move for him to stay where he is. I mean, he can – he's Teflon at Central. He can get what he wants around there. I mean, he gets – he produces. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Central fans realize, like, he's on borrowed time there. He's a good coach. Mm -hmm. Like, eventually he'll – the right position, the right situation will pop up. Mm -hmm. So, I think for another year, Central fans are, are relieved that he'll be back.
0: Well, they should have a great squad next year, you know, returning every starter, right?
1: Every every starter is, is uh, scheduled to come back. I mean, it's just college basketball. People do transfer. Yeah. But every starter is scheduled to come back. Um, even a few four, – four, three or four guys off the bench are scheduled to return. And two two guys who set out last year with injuries – with one injury, mm-hmm. uh, one transfer. They're coming, they're, they'll be eligible to play next year. So um, this might be his best returning squad he's ever had. All five stars expect to return. Plus these transfers, so yeah, he has something special um, coming back to Durham next year.
0: Yeah, as long as they can stay healthy, they might have a they might be headed back to the NCAA tournament.
1: Definitely, definitely. So, like I said, for another year, uh, Central fans have have Moton in, in the Eagles nest. They should be happy about that.
0: Yeah. Well, a bit of interesting stories coming out of North Carolina Central.
1: That's right. This was a central base, uh, a central heavy theme central uh, podcast. But thanks, guys, for listening.